Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So thanks for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. Um, this is episode 51. So on this episode, we'll be taking a look at college football, the weekend that just happened. You know, we're going to see how the top teams did. Uh, were, well, there was a major story. Well, I don't know if it was a major story, but it was a big story that came out of college football this past weekend and might be a growing Beef between uh, conference rivals. Talk about that. Uh, also, touch on how this weekend was affected by COVID nineteen cases around the country. Talk about that a little bit, and then uh, so Tuesday night is going to be the first first chance that you'll hear about the college football playoff committee. And for those of you who may not. Like, know who they are, what that's all about. So from here on out, you know, the committee will still do 1 through 25 rankings. But the focus is going to turn to teams 1 through 6. Because those will be your New Year's 6 teams. And with that, you get your 4 teams that would be in the playoff. And then kind of your 2 major players just sitting outside. So, like I said, Tuesdays from here on out, you want to definitely pay attention to the top six, and you would want your school or whatever to be in that six, preferably in the top four, but at least if you're in the six, you're kind of at play if one of the four loses or something. So, end of the episode, I'll give you, I guess, my six, which I think would match the committees, and then also from here on out, I will continue to do my six each week so most likely each monday and then of course i'll go ahead and set you up for tomorrow's episode at the very end so just to kick the show off like i said now there's a beef coming out of the weekend between two conference rivals and it's clemson and florida state so, Clemson, Florida State, they were supposed to play Saturday, but then I think it was literally like an hour, hour and a half before the game, there was an announcement that the game had been postponed. And a lot of people were wondering why. Well, I mean, we kind of knew that it had to do with something, you know, revol- revolving around COVID 19, because that's why most games get postponed. So, as we learned, Clemson apparently had a player that showed symptoms of COVID-19. Once Florida State got word of it, they were like, okay, so it's not really safe for our players to play because apparently that Clemson player made the trip down with the team. 
So that led to Florida State saying, no, we're not playing this game right now. And, you know, makes perfect sense. So coming out of the weekend, we hear from Dabo Swinney, the coach for Clemson. And he says that basically Mike Norvell, the Florida State coach, used the news of the Clemson positive test as a reason to duck Clemson and not play the game. Which just in that statement alone, if you're looking at it, I don't really understand why Florida State would duck them. Florida State's not a major player at all this year. So, I mean, they might as well just go ahead and play the game and kind of just get off the schedule. But Clemson, I know Clemson would want to play the game because, you know, they want to kind of pad their resume and all that because they are sitting at number four. So technically they are the team at the most risk of having games not be played and then a team behind them maybe only because they played a game more getting into that slot ahead of them so Clemson wants to get as many games of theirs on that's on the schedule actually played so I understand why you know Clemson's probably upset that you mean one positive test was enough for you guys not wanting to play us that seems ridiculous so so yeah there's some back and forth there uh it was reported that Clemson even said you know we can uh, well, actually, before I get to that, Clemson did say that they met all the protocols of the ACC and all that. The player, once they were found out to be uh, showing symptoms, was isolated. Even on the trip down, they were supposedly isolated. They said the the team, staff, all that were wearing masks, were respecting social distancing and all that. So they didn't see why they couldn't have played the game on Saturday. And so the way that this works is, you know, the two teams get in, they're getting ready and all that. Then the medical team for each school has a meeting like game day to kind of see where each team is at. And that's when the Clemson medical professional told Florida State's guys, yeah, we have a kid might be positive showing symptoms of Florida State's guys. Like I said before, said, "Okay, then we're not playing. So Clemson even offered to retest all their players, coaches, staff, and all that. Florida State said, no, not going to do that because Clemson's hope was, you know, they retest, they get the negatives out there, and then, you know, play the game instead of Saturday. If you want to play it Sunday, play it Monday, fine, we can do that. Florida State said, no. Florida State's like, we can play, but... We would rather do it December 12th. Clemson hasn't exactly signed on for that because if they did play on the 12th, that would be a week before the ACC title game. Clemson is, you know, of course, expecting to be in that game, possibly against Notre Dame. Kind of that's where it's looking like. So, I, you know, I'm guessing... Well, clearly, the week before, Clemson would normally be off. And they probably want to take that time because they are going to go up against a you know tough team like Notre Dame, which beat them earlier. Sure, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but 
you know, they would want that extra week to make sure that their team's healthy, fully prepared to go against Notre Dame. Because think about this for Clemson. You know, you play Florida State 12 to, let's say, Trevor Lawrence or uh, Travis Etienne or something like that gets hurt in that game and then their team is now compromised for the ACC title game against Notre Dame. And, you know, let's say they lose or something. Now, you know, between now and then, injuries are a part of the game anyway, so anything could happen. But I guess I kind of see where Clemson's coming from. But then again, I do think it might be a little unfair of Swinney to kind of put this all on Mike Norvell. Because if you look at the Florida State medical personnel team, I kind of see why they made their decision. You know, if the Clemson player who was showing symptoms did travel with the team, they can't be assured that Clemson can, you know, followed all the protocols and actually had the kid isolated. So for them, they don't know if other players on the team may have been exposed. And if you let the game go ahead, then now you're exposing Florida State people to it. So I think in this case, it's one of those where you can kind of see, you can definitely see where both sides are coming from. And for me, I can't really say that I lean one way or the other. And when I first heard the story, I will say that I did think, why postpone it for one test? But that was before I heard that the person who was showing symptoms did travel with the team. So once I heard that, then I kind of, I understood why Florida State made the decision that they did. So, you know, hopefully... Clemson and Florida State can figure this out, play the game. Uh, I mean, like I said, Florida State is not really a factor at all, but I'm sure for the Clemson players, they want to play as many games as they can, you know, especially like a senior or something. You know, they're just holding on. I mean, it's already been a weird season. So, yeah, stay tuned on that. You know, whenever, like I said, Florida State has already thrown out there December 12th. It's now in Clemson's court to see whether they want to play or not. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? It's probably something where, you know, if a couple of teams lose a game or something, maybe Clemson goes, eh, we don't even need the game. Why risk it? But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game that Clemson feels like they need, like, another win on their schedule. Then you might hear that the game gets rescheduled for the 12th or something. Like I said, we'll stay tuned to that story. Whenever Clemson decides what they want to do, you know, I'll let you know. But with that, I guess segueing into the next point. So the pandemic did affect uh, plenty of games this weekend. I mean, I kind of touched on just top 25 and six teams dealing with ranked teams were postponed so that's basically a quarter of the rankings were postponed due to COVID-19 as I mentioned Clemson the number four team Florida State postponed you also had number five Texas A&M and Ole Miss get postponed so that's two top five teams right there Miami number 12 Georgia Tech postponed 
Number 15, Marshall and Charlotte. Number 22, Texas, Kansas. Number 24, Louisiana, Central Arkansas. So, not really any major games there because for the most part with those games most uh the the ranked teams were the favorite in that so in terms of viewing and all that you know college football fans didn't really miss any major games out of those six teams but for the schools themselves we'll have to see you know we're dealing with different conferences here you know whatever those conferences have decided were their protocols for uh, postponed games whether or not these uh, schools can come together and reschedule we'll have to see and I mean another aspect of college football like uh, let me see like Louisiana and Central Arkansas those are two kind of smaller schools but you know for schools like that 2020 I mean, I don't know if either school allows fans or whatever, but, you know, that's revenue. And with college football being most schools' highest revenue, you know, missing a game hurts on the bottom line. So that's probably going to be the the force behind these schools trying to get these games back on the schedule. So, like I said before, we'll have to sit and see what comes of that. But... You know, now let's take a look at the games that actually were played. And nothing really too crazy from the top teams. I mean, Alabama, you know, boat race Kentucky. That was expected. It was 63-3. Maybe that wasn't expected that wide of a margin, but it happened. And, I mean, there's not really too much to say about the game. If you, you know, put on the highlights or whatever, you'll see a lot of Alabama highlights, of course. Because just taking a dive into the numbers, Alabama, 509 yards of offense, of, yeah, of offense, Kentucky, 179. That's all you need to know. Alabama dominated them offensively, 63 points. Dominated them defensively, 3 points. Uh, and then even within that, Kentucky was 2 for 13 on third down. So I'll let you know, a lot of three and outs for Kentucky. So you put all that together, you get a 60-point win for Alabama. Mac Jones, of course, played well, didn't play the whole game, because why would you when it's going when it's heading towards a 60-point blowout? So yeah, Alabama's gonna hold on to their number one ranking. Nothing to worry about there. As I said before, at this point, Alabama's probably pretty much locked in to the playoffs. They have one big game left, which is the Iron Bowl against Auburn. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, for Alabama, they would want Auburn to be ranked by the time this game was coming around. And right now, Auburn is like in the, the I think they're like the 23rd ranked team. So, so yeah, at least it's going to be an important game. You know, Auburn would love to give Alabama their first loss. I mean, if you remember, for all my SEC people out there, there was that game. I think it's been like four, four or five years now. You know, Alabama went in and Auburn had the uh, 
was it the kick six to end the game? Which I remember that game. It was great to watch. I mean, the most improbable ending I can remember ever watching from the SEC. So, you know, Alabama-Auburn, always a big deal. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be 63-3, to but this is a nice little tune-up game for Alabama. Looking at the rest here, probably the game of the weekend uh, was number three Ohio State versus number nine Indiana, which Indiana being ninth ranked, biggest surprise of the season. I haven't paid attention to Indiana football in I don't know how long. I guess as long as I've been watching college football because Indiana hasn't been worth watching. Although I do think what didn't like Antoine Randall L come out of there. I think. And if he did, that was probably the last time I watched the Indiana game. But with Indiana being a top 10 team, I watched this game and wanted to see kind of what they were about. Gotta say, thoroughly impressed. Ohio State did win 42 to 35. But, you know, I already knew about Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. He actually struggled in this game. He had two touchdowns, three interceptions. Those interceptions were a reason why Indiana was able to kind of stay in the game. But, you know, Justin Fields still made plays when he had to to help Ohio State pull out the win. But I was really impressed by Michael. Uh, the, it's like, I think he pronounced it Phoenix or something, Jr.? I want to say that because it's not like Phoenix the city. He doesn't spell it that way, but I believe on the broadcast they kept saying Phoenix. So against Ohio State, which normally has pretty good defenses. I mean, this year they haven't been like past years, but I mean, they did lose a lot of talent on the defense from last year. But Phoenix Jr. was able to throw for 491, five touchdowns. And for all of you... NFL fans who might understand this, he's a left-handed quarterback. That's like a unicorn in the NFL. Uh, There's only... Are there any starting... Oh, yeah. Tua. Well, Tua did get benched, but we'll talk about that in the NFL show, but Tua's the only starting left-handed quarterback to, to see a guy at Indiana... You know, put up those kind of numbers on uh, Ohio State and, Ju- and Justin Fields. You know, was pretty impressive. He made some great throws. He he's also got some mobility to him, so he's kind of a guy I'm going to start watching from now on to see. You know, if he's a guy who can make it in the NFL, because like I said. He seems like where the quarterback position is going now. I mean, I know Justin Fields is going to be there. He'll probably be the next quarterback taken after Trevor Lawrence next year. Uh, Phoenix, I think. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 
why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Is a junior, so he will probably be draft eligible after this season. Whether he goes or not, it's up to him. But he's a guy I could see get drafted. Well, depending on what he does the rest of the season. I mean, this is definitely a you know highlight real type game for him, and could help him land higher than expected. So, so yeah, very very tight game. I mean, Indiana's used to this because remember when the Big Ten got started, Indiana did this to Penn State, played it close, stayed with them. They pulled that game out. They weren't able to do it here, but good showing for Indiana. Uh, Next game. Okay, so Florida. Number six, Florida played Vanderbilt. I mean, there was no... Florida wasn't wasn't supposed to have a tough game here. They didn't. They won thirty eight to seventeen. You know Kyle Trask can Trask continues to put up big numbers. SEC. You know he didn't have his top target Kyle Pitts, who was still out from that hit he took in the Georgia game, which you know, led to concussion symptoms, and ultimately he was diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, I think he's supposed to be back. Well, Saturday, but but yeah, I mean Trask went twenty six to thirty five, three eighty five, three touchdowns, and he continues to just shoot up. At least for me, my thoughts of him in terms of the NFL. I will say, coming into the year, the quarterbacks I knew about: Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Um, what was the two main ones? But. Now, Trask is definitely the guy I'm, that I'm looking at. As I just said, Phoenix Jr. from my Indiana. Be looking at him as well. And I'm kind of selfishly doing it because, once again, just a tie NFL here. You know, Patriots fan. I know we have Cam Newton, but I have been looking at quarterbacks to see who could pop, possibly fit uh, New England system and all that. And Trask is a guy that I've been looking at, but I mean, he continues to play like this. He's going to end up probably being like a, you know, top five, top 10 draft pick. So with each game, he goes out there and puts up numbers, gets Florida wins. He's putting more money in his pocket come NFL. So good for him. Uh, Going on to next one. Number seven, Cincinnati uh, beat UCF. 36 to 33 this is another quarterback who well i've talked about cincinnati on here i think cincinnati uh is a reason why the playoffs should be expanded past four because i don't think cincinnati is going to get a fair shake in terms of making it to the playoff this year but i think if you had a i mean, I think if you got a six team playoff Cincinnati would probably still be uh, they'd probably still be on the outside looking in but they would probably be like a 6th seed 
But if they went to an eight-team playoff like I think college football should, then I think Cincinnati would be safely within that region. And, you know, UCF, it's not the same UCF team that's that was kind of uh, setting college football on fire the past couple of years where uh, they what they have like a couple of years where they only lost like a game. I think they had one season where they went undefeated. Oh yeah, they did go undefeated because I remember that year. That was the year that they didn't make the college football playoff, but they like made their own banner saying that they were national champions or something. Some crazy thing UCF did. But UCF did give Cincinnati a game. I think this is good for Cincinnati because uh, it probably gets them refocused for the rest of their season because it kind of seemed like Cincinnati was kind of going through the motions against UCF and UCF came out, kind of punched them in the mouth early, but their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who's another guy I've been kind of watching these past couple of weeks, you know, he put up good numbers as well. He threw for 388, had two touchdowns. He also ran for 57. So he's another guy who's looking like kind of where the NFL is going with the quarterback position. So, I mean, I do think playing at Cincinnati might knock him down a little bit, which I think is why it's keeping Cincinnati where they are in terms of the ranking because they haven't really played big name schools. And, you know, with all the restrictions with travel and all that in 2020 with the whole COVID and all that, Cincinnati didn't didn't really have the opportunity to schedule, you know, like a, I don't know. I was thinking of it this way. If Cincinnati were able to schedule like a Ohio State, only because they're within the same state, travel's limited. Sure, they may not win the game, but at least it gives Cincinnati a chance to show what they could do against top teams. And for you guys who are college football fans, you understand there's a lot of bias in terms of comparing teams in college football. Because, yeah, we all know Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, stuff like that. But your schools like Cincinnati and BYU or from years ago, Boise State, they never get fair shakes because their schedule is always seen as like second tier compared to the big name schools. That's why I think four team playoff will never be fair to those teams and teams like BYU or even Hawaii. Remember Hawaii when they had, um, what was his name? I was about to say Marcus Merida, but he went to Oregon. Um, Cole Brennan. He was out of Hawaii. Hawaii would put up big numbers, but they could never get, you know, schools to play them. One, because you had to travel, you know, out of the continuous United States to an island. But they just didn't want to do it. And, a, and Hawaii every year would win 10, 11 games or whatever, and they'd be ranked like 15th in the country. Well, because you're comparing them to the only schools that they could really play. And... Yeah, the committee would always keep them down. So hopefully at some point college football gets over themselves and expands the playoff out for past four. Because I'm done with hearing all that about 
oh, what about the students? You had playoff teams and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can figure it out. It's literally what they pay you to do. So, one year, Cincinnati will get a fair shake. This year probably won't be it because they'll probably be on the outside of the top four looking in anyway. So, at this point, the only thing they can hope for is get into the New Year's Six, play a top school in one of the New Year's Bowls, Hopefully you can win that. Then that might position you for next year. Then, as I just mentioned, BYU. So, I be- so BYU played. So they're number eight. They played North North Alabama. They won sixty six to fourteen. If I remember correctly, BYU had another game scheduled, but I think it got canceled. So they had to scramble and find another opponent, and they got Northern Alabama. So, of course, they blew them out, but it's a lesser team. And I kind of wish BYU could have picked a bigger name school. Because, once again, I think they're going to fall into the same boat as Cincinnati, and the most they can hope for is to get into the top six, but not the top four, and just play in one of the New York Six Bowls. So, and with BYU, I mean, you know, Zach Wilson played, I think, like, first quarter and a half. So, his numbers weren't crazy, but he's another guy to look out for. If you're an NFL team that needs a quarterback, you know, find some Zach Wilson tape on YouTube. Look him up. He's a guy who you'll, who your team, if they're not going to be able to get Fields or Lawrence Zach Wilson remember the name out of BYU a guy you should look up because your team may end up taking him and if you haven't watched BYU football like I said take a look at him that's kind of what happened with the top teams in the country there were some other games as well you know Wisconsin got their first loss in number 10 they lost to Northwestern and I mean, when Big Ten started and I was talking about the top teams to watch, I did not mention Northwestern. And it could be that Northwestern is the second best team in the Big Ten. So, so there you go. That's that's Big Ten football for you. Wisconsin does seem to do this every year. That year where analysts think Wisconsin can make a play at Ohio State, win the Big Ten. They seem to slip up against the team that they probably should have beaten but hey like I said maybe Northwestern this is their year to I guess win the Big Ten Big Ten do East and West so I think Northwestern's in the Big Ten West no they do North South so whatever Big Ten South whichever one Ohio State's not in so it could be that it's Ohio State Northwestern in the Big Ten uh, title game. Uh, we'll just have to see with that. Um, there was also the I'm about to say Red River rivalry, but that was not the game. It was Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I can't remember what they call their game, but that was another big game on the schedule. Both teams ranked in the teens. And you know, two teams that don't like each other, and Ohio—not Ohio, good Lord. 
Oklahoma State pulled that one out. I believe so. But yeah, in terms of the games I gave you, those are really the top teams to watch going forward. There's also Pac-12. Like I said, Pac-12 got started late and kind of moving into the last topic of the college football playoff ranking, which Tuesday night's the first release. Interesting to see what the committee thinks of the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has some undefeated teams. See USC, Oregon, Here's another one. It's not Arizona State. It's definitely not UCLA with Chip Kelly. They're they're trash, but you, um, there's another one. Pac-12 has like three undefeated teams, and but they've only played like two, three games. So I want to see will the committee rank them a little lower, but leave room for them to move up as they play more games or are they going to try to rank them where they think projecting ahead and then depending on if they lose or not drop them down because I believe Oregon is probably going to be the highest ranked Pac-12 team and probably the Pac-12's best shot of getting into the New Year's 6 and even into the playoffs so you know, for me, as I said before, they pick 1 through 25, but 1 through 6 is now the place you want your school to be for these last few weeks in the regular season. So if I'm looking at it and I was on the committee, these are the top six that I would put forth. At six, I'd put Cincinnati. I've been talking about Cincinnati all year. I think Cincinnati is the best team outside of the Power Five that you know should be in a new year six five i have florida uh because with kyle trask Pitts when he gets back they are a great offensive team you know they fly around on defense they have one loss this year to texas a&m but uh i think you know florida is probably the best team in the SEC to give Alabama a run for its money in an SEC title game so just based off of that I have Florida at 5 some could argue well if A&M beat Florida A&M only has one loss and I think A&M's loss was to Alabama then why wouldn't you put A&M ahead of them well I'm just going with Florida for now then the top four, I have Clemson at four, where they have room to improve as Lawrence comes back and see how their team looks. But, you know, drop them down there after they lost to Notre Dame. And I'm keeping them at four for right now. Three, I have Ohio State. I could have flipped them up to two, but I let them at three for now because, you know, they did struggle a little bit with Indiana. And I kind of want to see... If they bounce back from that in their next game, or is this maybe a sign of, you know, them maybe slipping up here late in the season? So I got them at three. I have Notre Dame at two. 
you know, Notre Dame's still riding the, you know, the win over Clemson, even though they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. But then they turned around after that and beat, you know, BC, which hung in there with them, played them, I guess, as well as BC could. But they didn't let down and they won that game. So I'll give Notre Dame credit, put them at two. And we know college football loves having Notre Dame be good. And they're actually good this year. So Notre Dame at two. One, as I mentioned before, Alabama. You could pretty much lock them in at one at this point. So that's my New Year's six right there. And then on the outside, I'd probably put BYU seven. And well, I'd probably put AM seven, BYU eight. So those two teams. And then like and then Oregon probably at nine. Just to round it out. Well, well, I was impressed by Indiana, though. Hmm. I guess I might make Indiana number seven. Even though they lost. They did show me a lot there. So I might go, yeah, Indy seven. BYU eight. A&M nine. Oregon 10 just to fill out a top 10 but but yeah so like I said each Tuesday here on out pay attention to the college football rankings they'll give you your four playoff teams and then your two kind of wild card teams to make up the New Year's 6 each week I will come ahead come on here and give you my 6 before the committee releases theirs and yeah so with that well, it's a good place to stop with this episode. If you're new, hope you like what you heard. You know, like the Facebook page, Chomping of the Bit. Follow the show on Twitter at Chomping Podcast. You know, whichever uh, platform that you are listening to this on, that you go to for your podcast, definitely subscribe to the show there as well. It would help me out a lot. If there is a spot, I believe most of them are. Or is it, I don't know if it's just Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review. Definitely do that as well. But um, but yeah, get that all out the way. And as I said, tomorrow's episode I will do my review of Week Eleven in the NFL. You know how that goes. Where uh, look at top stories coming out of the weekend. Take a look at. Any key injuries, any, just go through it all. Give the biggest news stories. Take a look at my picks, which, spoiler alert, might be kind of a horror show, but you know what? We'll go through it together and see. But, um, but yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Be safe out there. Uh, God bless, and I will catch you the next episode. All right. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. 
It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today.